Man, what's up? In the box. Yes. In the we box. had another Friday. Friday. Oh, we got a special show. What's going on, Ron? Hey, man. Doing great, man. How you feeling, bro? Feeling good, man. We got we got Mr. Man. Yes. Rod Goldsmith from Diamond Life Concerts oh. in the house tonight. We had him on at the beginning of but we're going to dive in. Yeah. And we're going to talk about, we just going we just going to rip it all the way off, man. And we're going to. And there he is, man, with that red solo cup again. Always. Mini cup, mini cup. Right. And we're going to be right back. Yes. Right. Fundamentals and build blocks. Turn to advice when I'm in that spot. When I got questions, and that's a lot. Perfect time to hear from Rico in the box. All right. Right, all right, y'all. We got Gerard Goldsmith. Salutations, Demetrius, man. Glad to have you, bro. And uh, if you can, make sure you share the show out. If you're just not coming in, you know, we want, you know, we got some we got some great, 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 great information for you. And uh, it's going to be good, man. It's going it's to edify you. Also, man, we're going to get some housekeeping things out of the way. If you can, I want you to go out, man, pick up Big Phil's Quarantine Dreams. Man, this, this EP is dope. It's dope. You got to check it out, man. Big Phil. That's the homie. And also, man, also go pick up uh, GCS. Oh, God's, yeah. chosen, God's Chosen Soldier. Yo, that's some you straight know, ministry heat right there. Straight yeah. ministry heat, man. He rocks with Ken Jones. And it's all the way dope, man. So go pick that up as well. And don't forget, Sunday, man, we got Just Life coming on at 8 p.m. Oh, yeah. And uh, don't forget about that as well, man. And uh, we appreciate you, man, for tuning in. And uh, we got here. Hey, what's going on, Sister Lorraine? Glad to have you. Glad to have you. So we back for another Friday. You know, I was telling, I was telling Gerard, I'm kind of glad, man. COVID happened, so he ain't busy. So that means we kind of pull him two days in a row. Boy, he's yeah. going to be a, Jesus coming back next week. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is what it is right now. <laughs> so, man, uh, we want to jump right in. I want you, in your own words, in, in no hold bar, you 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 be you, man, 100%, you know, who you are. And uh, what's up, Danny? Glad to have you, bro. Glad to show. If you can, man, share the show out as well. Yes. Um, hey, Mary. What's up, Sister Mary? What was it, What at what age or at what time in your life, what transpired to say, because you've been doing this country thing for decades, like it ain't. You ain't yeah. just started doing this, yeah, right? Yeah. And and for you to stick with it this long, because a lot of times when you start a business, it's hard, man. Them first, them first five years, right? And Dude. then, but what was it? What happened in your life, or what transpired that caused you to say, "This is what I want to do, and I'm about to go all the way with it. I'm about to get serious. I'm gonna put my money into it. I'm gonna learn." What was it, man? What happened? Bills. <laughs> nah, but it was um, honestly, it was uh, passion. I, I love seeing people come together. Um, I love seeing people smile. Um, I love seeing people have a good time. And to me, it was an outlet um, to pretty much reach out to multiple generations at one time uh, because. Uh, some events you have um, parents would be with their kids, 
Uh, you might have grandparents, you know, with their kids and their grandkids. So you can be a part of something that can bring three, maybe four, two, you know, generations at one time. And I have a friend of mine uh, that's a millionaire. He told me one time, he told me, if you ever find something that you enjoy doing, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. So right. Right. I, is it work? Yes. But I enjoy doing it. So, you know, like I say, so the people really keep keep you doing it. So, so when you when you started doing these concerts, uh-huh. what was your first real show that kind of encouraged you to say you had chosen? You know, did you have any failures in the beginning, and 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 what were your failures? And then, what was the show that encouraged you to let you know that you was actually on the right track? Um. It was a lot of failures uh, in the beginning, but I think the one show uh, that kind of opened my eyes to make me feel like, you know, hey, it might be a future in this um, had to be in 1993, October 1993, um, hip-hop show, Tupac, Ice Cube, MC Light, Yo-Yo, all four of them was on the show. And that show right there kind of was the game changer for me. Um, Ice Cube came. He had his wife with him. He had his family. Um, you know, with him, which is like really ironic for a rapper to be traveling with his wife and his family coming from the West Coast. Um, Tupac was a little different. Tupac was, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude was off the chain, but. He was smart. He was he was talented. Um, very bright young man. I think we also did a show with him like maybe a month later in Columbia, South Carolina, um, as as well too. But that show to me was kind of like a game changer uh, because it wasn't like uh, you know they weren't like artists to me. They was more. It was like friends. It was like when we all met. It was like we all. You know, knew each other. We, it was all cool, but I actually met um, Tupac. Maybe that was October, March of that same year uh, in Winston Salem, North Carolina, at the KNW on Coliseum Drive, which is not there anymore. Um, it was with Jada Pinkett, and wow. Jada, yeah, Jada was at yeah. That's how far this goes back. Jada was actually dating Grant Hill at the time. Um, and I remember her and her and Park, you know, they went to the school in Baltimore together. And she, she uh, I think at the School of the Arts at what's the Salem, North Carolina School of the Arts at the time. She was talking about this guy, you know, he gonna be this, that, whatever. You know, I'm like, okay, well, blah, blah. And he had a little cassette tape. You remember the Walkman? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Walkman. He played this, this tape or whatever. And it was, it was okay, but, you know, it was a. It was all right, but not knowing then a couple of months later, this guy was going to be, you know, poetic justice and headline the show. So, but like I said, it was just more so like a friendship, you know, type thing. And a lot of these artists, they actually, they actually look to you for advice because they want to know what the fans and what the people want, you know? So yeah, they, they look, they look to you for advice. 
So when you so when you when you decided when you so when that show happened, or right before that, did you did you have a plan as to for his equipment? Did you lease your equipment when you first started? Did you save your money to buy your own boards and run your sound? You know, how did you so how did you start? How did you put that together to to be able to have a type of concert like that? To have a venue, because a lot of those guys, man, those concerts, man, be out the chain. But how did how did how did you secure the sound systems? You that know, right you, there was you, under uh, the leadership of Tony Williams, who I was telling you about yesterday. Right. Okay, uh, Tony, I was young, man. Like I said, I was a teenager. I was young. I ain't have no sense. I was just, you know, wild. I ain't gonna say wild, but you know, I didn't have no discipline um, of whatever. So. It benefited me to have men that was older than me, you know, that could guide me and lead me, you know, along. Um, but first, like sound and lighting at the time, we was dealing with um, cutting the carry sound out of Greensboro, North Carolina. So those companies would be subcontracted because a lot of times when you're doing these shows, you ain't got time to be running no sound lights, all that type of stuff. So you're pretty much subcontracting uh, that stuff. But for us, you know, doing stage management and stuff like that. You're overseeing a lot of stuff. I mean, you overseeing for us production. You're overseeing for us security. Uh, you got to handle for us transportation, catering. Um, you know, it's a lot of stuff that goes in. So you have to pretty much surround yourself with the right people. Um, and then when you surround yourself with the right people in this business, you got to be have a business mind. You can't have a groupie mind. You know, when I say groupie mind, you know, you <laughs> Now, now, no, 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 I need you to dig deeper into having a groupie mind. So explain that and tell me why that's not a great idea to have a groupie mind. Talk about that. Because a, a groupie mind, you're going to mess up your the whole vibe, whole reputation if you have a, a artist or somebody that's coming to do, because we got to remember, they're coming to do business. So if they're doing business with you, you can't be in the mode, well, can I get your autograph? Or you mind if I, you know, take a picture? Or, you know, you, you mind if I come chill in your dressing room, you know, with, with you? <laughs> that was never my, my sense. I was never starstruck um, with Amen. people like that at all. I would get more excited to see a Rico Gibson in a Waffle House. You know, I'd be more excited to see you then I would, you know, somebody like that, because at the end of the day, it's all about that check. Amen. I mean, that's, that's what the, the right, real thing right. is, but you have to have a business mindset because that's what you're there for. Now, I do get to the, I do understand that some people you want to have photos uh, of certain legendary people, you know, somebody like a James Brown. You know, I couldn't be around James Brown and not take advantage of being with somebody, you know, that's legendary like that because. You know, when they at that stage of their career, you know, yeah, you you want to do that, but you yeah, you got to keep a level head. You can't be the groupie type because they don't like that. That's a turnoff. And you know, even though you might be part of the promotion or whatever, that's a complete you know turnoff. Nobody nobody's trying to do that. Now, if you're just not joining us, we have Gerard Goldsmith from Diamond Life Concerts LLC on. If you just came in, share the show out. He's coming in, you know, he's spending a little time with us, man. He's actually, um, he's 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 set a platform for a lot of notable people. And uh, before I jump back in to the journey to this point, I want you, Jer Gerard, 
Uh, I want you to just, I just want you to rattle off some names of concerts of, that you set up for people from when you started to now, let them have Man. it. Yes. Because yes, I said this because I saw it in the, in the promo, promo. It was too many of the names, so I'm just going to let you and, and you're going to put me on the spot, the name. <laughs> those names. I mean, it's, I mean, wow. We can go from, uh, like say, Tupac, um, uh, Biggie, um, you know, Red Man, Method Man, Jay-Z, Kanye, what, Beyonce, Gladys Knight, Patti LaBelle, uh, uh, Charlie Wilson, uh, Cameo, uh, wow, Frankie Beverly and Mays, Men Condition, man, you gonna make me keep going? We go, you know, and gospel, we could go everybody for us in gospel, from Fred Hammond, yeah, everybody, man, you gonna make me just, you just gonna have to go to Google and see all the names, because it goes decades. So right, with right, all right. these decades, I mean, it's it's a lot of changes, you know, that that went on. I remember showing my son um, a contract uh, of certain artists uh, and the price that they got paid back then. You know, back in the nineties, you know, you could book somebody for, you know, fifty thousand, seventy five thousand. Now, I mean, you need you know three hundred, four hundred, half a million. I mean, it's wow. Totally different ball game. I mean, now you got to really have some. I mean, it's it takes money, of course, to do it, but it also takes expertise um, as as well to do it too. Uh, but like I say, now you know, back then you didn't have companies like Live Nation, AEG, so you didn't have all this you know competition and stuff going on with these big corporations. But like I say, it's been a blessing for us to keep going this strong. Um, you know, for all these decades, and we still got all these big companies and stuff out there. So, what was the very first lesson, man? That was a hard lesson for you to learn. That grew you up in the business. I know you had many, and I know you got a billion stories, and we're gonna tap through some. But what was the first hard business lesson that you learned? Um, the the first harm was how to say no. Um, mm -hmm. And you have to learn how to say no, not just no to people. You got to say no to yourself mm -hmm. um, as, as well, too, because sometimes um, you can be in a situation where it feels good, mm -hmm. but conditions can change. Right. So, you know, I've, you don't want to be too comfortable. So I, I always tell people if you feel uncomfortable. Sometimes that means that's the that's the direction that you're supposed to go when you feel uncomfortable, because when you feel comfortable and lax, nah, you're gonna be you know, you're not gonna go after it like like you're supposed to do. And reason I said because I've I've been in situations where I thought something was a sure thing, right. and with that sure thing, this business is a gamble, and you know I took a roll of them dice. And, you know, it came up with a six instead of a seven. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when that happens, does it mean the game is over? You know, or, or, or do you change the game or did you look at the rules, you know, or, or what? Because the thing is, you know, like you said, a lot of people don't get past the five years, you know, whatever. some people don't get past the first year. Right. Um, so it's, it's all about how you discipline yourself. But when you got the right people and the right team, you know, around you, oh, it, it helps out a lot because you're not going to always get it right. I, I 
strive for perfection, but the bottom line is, you know, I ain't gonna always get it right. But you know, like I said last night, you never regret what you can learn from. So everything, you know, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, I mean, it, it's a lesson. It's got to be a lesson learned. So when you actually, when you actually started, and then we got a little echo there somewhere. Okay, I think it's gone now. So, but when you started with your team, and you when you first got started doing your concerts, now that you employ people that you knew, like your little partners, neighborhood partners, family, who who was your original team, and do you have do any of those original people that you started with still with you now? Still got the original team. Wow, that's awesome. Now, still got I, the original team. Yeah. Now, the, now the reason why I brought that up. Because that is not that's abnormal, right? right? Mm -hmm. in, in this business, especially for decades. True. Because people get money hungry. You get, yeah. you know, fame, relationship, power. True. How did how did how did you keep your same original team when it comes to getting a hold of that fame and then to have you having the relationships, but they not having relationships because you're the cat man. It's the plug. You're the plug. How? How did how did the ever jealousy ever break out or or y'all never had the problem? How but how did you tackle that? How did you maintain it? It, it was like for one, we became a family. Okay. But everybody that was assembled with the team, um, of, of, of course the final approval went through Tony. Tony was the main one for, you know, I might bring somebody to the table, but just because I bring you to the table, you got to be passed through his test or whatever. Um, but everybody who's a part is also a business owner themselves. So it's like when you we all became together for us diamond life, you probably had about you know eight or nine different businesses all working together in one. So it was like a big family. Um, but because of the things that we were doing, if you was doing sound and lights for this show. Somebody else might have had a show that needs somebody to do sound alike. So you got contracted out here. If you was doing transportation for this show, this person might need transportation. Now you done got contracted out, you know, over here. So that's how that just kept going. And it, it pretty much just branched out. And honestly, everybody fuzz that's around me has been pretty much successful. I mean, if we go out to eat, I don't care how many people it is, everybody sitting at the table can pay for everybody's food. Right. There gotta be no separate checks. It could be Rico got it this time, you know, right? He got this. That's how it's supposed to be. You know, I don't I don't want to be around needy people. Right. Um uh, be around people, everybody that wants some. Right. Because you're right, everybody that wants some, everybody trying to 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 get, you know, something. I mean, we can literally spend 10 to 15 minutes trying to find out who's gonna pay for the chip. <laughs> right. Wow. Versus you going out to eat and everybody depending on you. Right. Everybody right. everybody gonna get full and eat off of you. And all right. they're doing with you, you making all of these, you know, deposits and, and stuff, but you can't withdraw from nobody. And so I used to tell um a friend of mine, I had an athlete friend of mine, and we was all together with, you know, some of us, we all grew up together. I ain't gonna say which athletes, but we was in a room. It's probably about 10 or 11 of us, and we was at his house, big old house or whatever. And we was talking, and I told 
um, you know, two of the guys that you in a position where you have somebody that's loyal enough to you that if you needed $25 or $30,000 to start a building, you know, business, this person is in position to give you that money so that you can start that business. But I had to explain to this person that the reason he can't give you that $25 or $30,000 to start that business is because you out of order. And I took a sign and put an out of order sign on his chest. So if you go to a drink machine and you thirsty, right. Right. are you going to put money in that drink machine that says out of order? No, because you're going to lose your money. Because you're not going to get nothing in return. Correct. So that's what I was explaining to him. You got to get yourself in, in order and in position because, like I said, when you come to the table, I mean, hey, I mean, everybody got to be, you know, everybody got to, you know, have to walk up. No needers. So, 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 but I want to, that's very, very hard to have a group of people. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody's making money. You know, how, how, did you guys have a, a meeting every week? Did you guys have money classes? Because when you have that many people working together, there's always, man, the norm, like I say, is abnormal. You always have someone that's going to overspend, that's going to mess up their money. They're going to, they're going to drink a little too much, smoke a little too much. You know, how did you maintain that? Because, man, I and I want to talk about this, man, because the problem that we're seeing right now with independence and the music business is designed for you to work with work with the team to be successful. And a lot of a lot yeah. of people don't know how to click up with people. We get a little selfish. So I want to dig into your mind okay. and how you guys made that work and how everybody kept their stuff together so they didn't bring everybody else down to be able to everybody to be at, at, sitting at that table eating to be able to pay for the check. What, you know, how did you do that? Well, like, like what you know, in details, like, you know, did you guys take money classes, you know, or did you mm -hmm. guys have, did some people get into money trouble and y'all had to sit down and talk? Did you have to box with each other? Like, what was it that it kept was, everybody together and nobody messed up the money and y'all kept getting money? Decades. It was one, one, one word, discipline. And that's something that is hard to teach is discipline. Because when you teach discipline, it can be a hard course. Uh, when you look at the uh, at Michael Jordan, the documentary he had, was and when he was when he yeah. spoke about how his teammates felt about him, it left him in tears, and he was in tears because of the way his teammates described him, and he didn't want to feel like that type of person. I understand that because it's been times where I went to the hotel in tears of how I talked and spoke to somebody. But it was because of that drive. And like I said, you have to have discipline. And I said some things and I said some words, I came off on some people real hard because if if, if it's not done right, guess who guess who gets that heat? Me. Yeah, so if I'm gonna get that heat, you definitely gonna get a burn, get you know, right. on, on you. That's a problem right. that's lit in me, you know, the whole time. It don't take but much to flick that fire, but it, it takes discipline. And when it not on discipline is not hard um when 
the result is success. So when you run in a tight ship and that ship is still staying afloat and ain't right. nobody sinking and ain't nobody jumping overboard. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just the way it go. I mean, but people know, like I said, my people that's around me know how I am. I mean, I'm a Gemini, you know, just had a birthday or whatever. Yeah, happy birthday. I ain't the same. Yeah, I'm not yeah. the same Gerard like I'm talking on this camera than I would be if I was in a Coliseum or at a venue. I'm I'm not the nicest person in the world when it comes. I'm a very nice and gentle dude, but when it comes to that part of me, it's it's all about that discipline. So 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 I, I wanna I wanna tap into because I know setting up platforms, you know, getting you know putting countries together, putting tours together, you develop a lot of friendships with a lot of famous people over time. And and I know for one, I have a lot of friends that are famous, but the one common denominator uh, that's very important is I don't I, it's all about you doing everything on your own mm -hmm. and you don't and you're not monetizing your friendship. Right. Talk about how important it is not to monetize your friendship for your friends that are famous. Are always asking for favors. Talk about how important it is to maintain those relationships and, and what is the what the one dynamic is standing on your own and not being a needy friend. Oh uh, for for me, I don't really um I mean my circle is so small it's a dot. So mm. it's it's a tight circle anyway. And when you talk about first friends, I mean that's that's a good a good question because like when you when I look because you got me thinking about something when I think about the people that's around me nothing nobody needs anything nobody they got they got everything now if they did need something they know that where they can come and they know you know hey I got you or whatever but nobody around me in my circle needs anything and I think it's because like I said it goes back to that discipline uh, and like I said, it used to be where, you know, I would take a check, just blow the whole check on, on something. But then you have to learn how to, you pay, you pay yourself a salary. That's another thing you want to do in this bit. You know, you want to pay yourself a salary. When I say pay yourself a salary because you don't want to take everything that you got out of, you know, this and splurge it all and then not save yourself something, you know, for another day. And if you think about it, you do that over a couple of years, over a couple of decades. Yeah, you should have something. You know, saved up in a, in a pot or a rainy day. Um, now these artists, a lot of like I said, a lot of them haven't been performing since March. Um, you, you you think they're not ready to get back out there? You know, do yeah. something other than doing just these free lives and doing stuff just to stay relevant amongst the fans and you know stuff like that. Yeah, they want to get back on the stage. We want to get back on the stage. I mean, there's a lot of you know people now that's not eating. You know, because of this, ain't no stimulus. Package being passed, you know, for the entertainment industry. We ain't got no new movies. Uh, I think now's the best time for anybody to put out some new music because that's all we got. I mean, you're not competing with the, with a new movie every Friday right now because there are none. So you know, now's the best time to put out, you know, some music and get yourself out there, and you know, and 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 you know, to and promote yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned something about relevancy. So, um, how how often should an artist continue to stay relevant in the public eye? Because fame don't last that long. 
Right. I, I think it depends on the genre of music. Um, I mean, I think for us like hip hop, it it don't even matter. You can just come and go every day, all day. They still gonna be there. Um, if if it's if it's gospel music, it's spurts. You know, you you gonna go three four months here, and you are gonna need to fall back a little bit. You know, for another season, you know, you go back out. You know, again. Mm-hmm. I mean. R and B, R is on life support. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, yeah. R and B is on life support, and it's been that way um, for a while. Um, one of the biggest things that's hurting R and B is pop music. Right. I mean, when pop music came along, that really changed a lot of stuff. But R and B, uh, we getting so far away from the rhythm and blues. Right. You know, with, with R and B, that is is. You know, it's just I don't even think some of these this young people even realize the importance of of rhythm and blues and and you know where where it came from. I don't think they they really know. Maybe some even don't even care. Um, you know, because everybody now is just sample, sample. You know, sample. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's hard. You very seldom hear um, original music. You know, in anymore. And you know, I remember Prince. Say I think back in two thousand one that one day we're gonna get to the point where the sampler is gonna have to sample the sample. And wow. I ain't understand what we're saying, but now that's what we see. I mean, people five or six different samples on one song. I mean, but it's it's very um, you know, it's it's very tough. I mean, I can't think of not one original song that's on the radio. All of them sound. I mean. Only original song you're gonna get is somebody email it to you or send you an MP3 file. I, I, when um LMA came out with Boot Up, that was like a, a nostalgic moment with that sound. Yeah. I'm like, man. Yeah. And R- Ricky man, Ricky made a couple points, man. Uh, and and Ricky, what did you say? He, one he says R and B has been replaced by trap sold, and I want to send a shout out to Kenneth Carpenter, uh, Pastor Carpenter. I preached that uh, for his church man uh, on Wednesday and Thursday night last night. Man, glad to have you, man, as well. Uh, and don't forget to share the show out, man. If you're just not joining us, uh, you know we have we have Gerard Goldsmith with us, and he's coming in, spending time with this man, sharing with us um, on, on what it's like to be in his shoes, man, as well doing concerts, doing tours. Uh, so we're going to jump back in again. So, and Rick said a uh, couple couple great things. R&B has been replaced by Trap Soul. Okay. And, you know, you're taking, so and from Trap Soul and then also that original music is frowned upon. It is. And let's talk right. about that. And, why, and, and from your perspective, why is original music frowned upon? You know, they're not, they're not familiar with it. Yeah. They're not familiar with 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 the uh, original. They're familiar with the copy. Right. I mean, the the copy. You know, for some reason, just keeps getting going over and and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's like once you copy something so many times, the original starts to fade. Right. Um, yeah. But you have to be very careful um, about sample. Now, take for instance, and I know I probably get in trouble for saying this from from the Beehive, but when Beyonce did "Before I Let Go," everybody went crazy. Oh, they just went crazy. Social media went into an uproar, 
And I tried to tell somebody that that song won't even last past the song. It it just wasn't wasn't gonna work. And you know, everybody was like, you know, oh, it's gonna be the Frankie Beverly Mays. That song was been a hit for thirty five, almost thirty seven oh, years, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And it still got the same effect as it did way back when. I mean, it's still the closeout song for the parties. You get your red solo cup. You hear that boom, 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 boom. And then you take a song away. Beyonce, and actually, Beyonce has the right voice to do a cover for that song. But they did just way too many sound. What they had the cameo sample on there, as well as you know, some other it was just too much. The song was too busy. Then it go into the line dance stuff, and that's like taking a hymn out the hymn book. You can't go in the Baptist church and take something that's out of hymn book and make it your own. It don't work like that. You better right. sing every note that's on there. And when they get the right. breath, one, two, the three, and the four, you better do them notes exactly like they're supposed to be. When Michael Jackson made the movie, uh, This Is It. And you remember the band? That was a bad band that they had on, on that, that tour. That was going to be an awesome tour. Oh, and yeah. the keyboard player did this little riff. And Michael stopped. He said, uh-uh. He said, I want you to play it like I wrote it. And he was like, huh? He said, play it like I wrote it. He said, because when the people hear it, that's the what they're going to respond to. So play it like I wrote it. So, you know, keep it simple. I mean, a lot of these people, a lot of people just doing too much. The, the trap, so um, it's like they try to take a different version of R&B. And trap souls already been out. For a long right. time, Jodeci did that way back when. They was already doing like the, the trap so that was with Uptown, you know. Correct. Correct. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, they they had that going on, you know. Anyway, I'm just not um, a, a big fan, you know, of it, you know. But it is what I don't like anything with trap. Anything I don't even like trap music, but I know that's like one of the biggest things uh, that's selling. Uh, right, you know, right. thinking Atlanta, you know, Gucci Man and, and T.I., they be saying, you know, for us, I started trap music. This will say he started trap music. No, nah, no, you didn't. Them people right here started trap music. So, so, so Ricky, Ricky actually said a couple of things, man, I want to hear that. He said, there's no love for those who actually go through the creative process of making quality music. Right. And then the second thing he said, he said, you know, I'm one of those uh, producers who appreciate the art of music. Of the, the, the art of music production, it's an art, but nowadays a lost art. And uh, and I think I think more people now are more so man interested in the money. And you know, making money is great, you know, as well. Oh, yeah. But you know, it's about having an identity. Yeah. And what I wanted to ask you, man, as far as when it comes, man, to a writers, you know. Artists, you know, have a lot of different riders, man, they sit in. Have you ever had issues with riders? And and if what tips can you give an artist when they're trying to put their riders together uh for the setup that for their concert setup? Or, you know, what would you suggest? I mean, when you putting a rider together, the riders is pretty much based on need. Um, yeah. So you're going to pretty much put everything that you need. But a lot of stuff that people put on the riders, they don't need. And when you now, do talk, it, now, talk about that for a second. Talk about that for a second so we can kind of tap into yeah, that. 
They don't need, I mean, uh, I'll give you an example. Like, you you might have an R&B group that has a rider, and, you know, they want alcohol on, on the rider. You know, they want three bottles of Hennessy, two bottles of gin. We don't do alcohol, period. I mean, if you're if you getting a, a, a check, you know, for the, you go buy your own alcohol or whatever. You got people that put condoms on there. Why am I supplying you condoms? For a yeah, they put that on the rider, bro. They put that on the rider, bro. Condoms, you know, on, on the rider. They want you to buy a condom. I mean, I'm, I mean, what are you gonna do this? We got a show to do. Are you want condoms? <laughs> there's a. I, I remember one time. Um, oh, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Time out, though. Are you correct? Yeah, you heard me correctly. A rider is a technical <laughs> document, bro. It's for your concert performance, man. You you can't ask putting condoms on the rider, brother. Yeah, man. Yeah. It and it, it it um yeah. I mean, I'm just telling you, it's some crazy stuff on there. I remember one one artist. I'm not gonna say this person's name. They had um they wanted two bags of Skittles, and they wanted two bags of Skittles, but no green Skittles. No whoa, green. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah, follow me. Follow me on this. Two two bags of Skittles, but no green Skittles. So you got to pick all the doggone okay. green Skittles out. So the, what's crazy about it? Because you have <laughs> experienced road managers and tour managers that will put silly stuff like that in there because they want to. All they want to know is if you read what's on the ride. Because this is the thing. I already knew. This person wasn't gonna eat no Skittles because they don't eat pork. Right. And you know, Skittles have gelatin. So I knew they weren't gonna eat no Skittles. Eat the Skittles, but they put that stuff in the right. They just want to see if you're reading what's what's on there. That's 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 a little trick, man. You gotta know these little games and little tricks and stuff that they play. <laughs> wow. Demetrius said the first green, off, yeah. the green Skittles are the best. They are, I agree. <laughs> I agree, Demetrius. They they are, but yeah, it's, it's you know you, you got stuff like that. Then you know you got the uh, you know the bougie ones that you know it's got to have the first class tickets and gospel. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, they got to have the first class. You know, so, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with first class. I I fly first class, you know, sometimes. But you know what? We get there at the same time as people as coach. Same time. It's at the same time. But you just like, got a curtain up there. Yeah, but like I said, a little you different do, drink. Mm -hmm. When you do stuff like that, it affects your money. I mean, it, it really does. I mean, because now you, like I said, you are just affecting it. They still talk about them Skittles. They still talk about them Skittles, man. You don't start to talk them Skittles, man. So, 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 what are some what are some if you have as being a concert promoter, uh huh, and you've been doing this for decades? Give me three obstacles that you always face that you know that makes your job difficult. That you have to kind of be strategic, but you always face it's something that you that's repetitive in your business. What are three obstacles as a promoter? That you always face, that you have to be creative to get around those obstacles or to get through them. And what's up, Omega? Glad to have you, Omega Spark. Love you, brother. 
Um, man, of course, one thing is going to be sales uh, because is you definitely got to drive sales because that's going to be the key for us to making everything work that you put time and, and hard in for us, your promotion, your marketing, um, everything. And then the way uh, things are now with social media, you have to be real strategic um, about how you promote and you market. You don't want to start too early and you don't want to start too late. And promotions and marketing is twofold. You're going to either aggravate or you're going to motivate. Come on. One or two. So you have to be real strategic about how you do it for us driving your sales. Another thing that you have to, uh, you know, obstacle that you have to do um, is, is first for production. Because we're in a world of social media, a lot of people taking pictures, they're going live, they're doing videos and, th and things like that. So you want to make sure your presentation, you know, is 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 like up to par, um, you know, because one thing I always tell people, you come to one I show, you finna have the best pictures on social media when it comes to Facebook, Instagram, you know, whatever, because that set, you know, it has to look right. You can't be raggedy and, you know, things here, there, you know, everywhere. And the other third thing that you have to um, worry about that's a real big key to me is safety, because you want to have the people they got to be safe or whatever. Because if anything jump off or any type of situation happen, that's gonna come back on you. And you know the bad news travel a whole lot faster than fuzz what what the good news is. So safety is a real big key, um, you know, in, in this whole thing as well too. Wow. Yeah, go ahead. So, 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 what was your your turning point? Because at some point, when you're doing these shows, you kind of take off, and your money change. Okay. The amount of money that you charge changes, right? You know, it's the same way like Jordan. When Jordan first created Jordans, he didn't have Jordan that was three hundred fifty, four hundred dollars. Yeah. Right. What is it that changed in your life as a concert promoter that gave you the, or, or activated you or gave you the authority to be able to command the amount of money that you charge? And what happened to create that catalyst that changed for you? I mean, the quality and the results. I mean, for one, you was, you was getting a quality product. And the other thing was the results and the results was consistent. So when you have consistent results, that's good, you know, and people, you know, trying to invest in you and invest in what you do. Yeah. You don't have no problem, you know, doing what you got to do. You know, if I want BMW and I want to go seven, you know, seven or five series or whatever I want to go to, you're going because of that quality. You know, you their reputation, you know, and everything. So, I mean, my reputation, the name is is good. So you want to keep your name good because you represent a company right. that's got right. a good rep representation as well, too. So I don't go certain places I used to go anymore. I watch where I go now. I watch uh -huh. where I be around, you know, now. <laughs> I can't go certain places and, and hang with such and such. I can't go and do this or whatever. You know, yeah, I drink from a, a solo cup, but no, you're not going to see me, you know, you know, doing certain things that you wouldn't see me, you know, doing a pub. Whatever I do in my house, that's my business and what I do. 
but I have to be careful about the content and stuff that you know I put out there. You know, I have a personal page and I have a business page. My business page is all business. My personal page, you're gonna be on a roller coaster because I can be free. And you know, you know, Ron know what I'm talking about. You know, I'm gonna be free, I'm gonna be me, you know, whatever. You you, you take it or, or leave it. But when it comes to business, it's just straight, you know, business. So I think anybody, if you're on social media and you have a business, don't post the way you post on your personal page shouldn't be how you post on your business page. Your business page should be about business, period. Uh, and I think a lot of people lose customers and 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 you know artists they lose other people because you mix in personal and business and mm -hmm. you, you can't do that. You know, if somebody can love your business but they don't like your personality. Right. Or, you know, and and don't and this is nothing. Don't go in business if people if people don't like you. Mm. If people don't like you, you don't need to be in business because you you're not going to attract customers. Why? Because they don't like you. I mean, period. Don't just don't do it. I mean, it's it's not going to work for you. But you have to be um, be yourself. You know, be yourself. You know, regardless, because there's an audience for you. You know, no matter what what you do, there's an audience for you. Yep. But yeah, you, you have to separate the two. And I think a lot of times, even for us, uh, you know, you know, you know, churches, you know, they want pastors to be one way, but when you're in church, they got to be another way. Is that fair to the pastor? No, because you know we're in 2020 now. Right. These millennials want the real. They don't right. want that, that sugar that that thing stuff. They don't want that no more. Right. Because they, you know, they got all this stuff now, man. I'm, I'm telling they, they already inboxing and talking about you and stuff anyway, just waiting for you to mess up <laughs> and, and post your business and put you on blast. But you have to be in a position where you can be free and um, and be yourself, and people will, will appreciate that a whole lot more. So now, I, this is a very, very crucial question that I want to ask you. And I've been thinking about how I wanted to ask you just so I can make sure it makes sense to you and make sure I even say it the right way. So when you take an artist that's been getting $500 a show, you know, and they're worth more, but maybe out of fear or just, just not, you know, being confident or just not having that support, but they go from, you know, asking for $500 a show, now they want to do 25, get $2,500 a show, when you started doing your concerts and you were getting a small amount of money and you and you jumped, what was that concert that you actually started getting more money and your money changed when you got that big jump? How did you make that happen? And what was your mindset when when you booked that concert? You know. If, you, if, 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 if it makes sense, what concert, if you can remember, I know it's been a minute, but what concert was it that changed your, that your money changed, that you negotiated and you got more than what, what you usually were getting and your money never changed back again? Well, this is the thing. The, the money changes because the market changed. Mm -hmm. So once the market changed, that's why the money changes the way it do. So for a person, um, we're going to say 5000 there ain't nobody getting 500. We're just going to throw 5,000. So if you're getting 5,000 and you got a number one hit, I mean, I'm saying we got to give, 
5,000 ain't a realistic number. We're just going to stay right there for right now. Uh, but if you're getting 5,000 and mm -hmm. now you have a number one record and it's been at the charts for eight to 10 weeks, that 5,000 has probably done escalated now to about 35, 40. It's done multiplied that much. And one show that I'm going to say uh, that was a game changer to me, 1997, uh, it was the Fugees, Outkast, Ryan, and Tribe Called Quest. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. that was, man. That's a crazy country. Already. Already. The Fugees was already, you know, hot. Wow. Outkast was starting to. Take off. You know, mm -hmm. right. Tribe was. That's my group. You know. Oh, yeah. Oh. They was our thing. Buster, just, you know, Buster's going to give you hit after hit. And I remember the day of that show, it might have been 7,500 tickets that were sold in advance, which was good. But the walk up on the day of that show was probably over 12,000, about 12,500 on the day of the show. I ain't never seen so many people in line to buy tickets. I mean, that line was going all the way down, you know, the that high point road. I ain't never seen that many people coming wow. and, you know, to an event, but that right there uh, was a game changer and it was uh, the first sellout. I think the first sellout in the Coliseum and I forgot the total number, 19 something or whatever that was in there. It was packed and I think that record we had, I think NSYNC came two months later wow. in 21. That's what they say. I don't know. I don't know. They said they did a little over 21, but I don't believe it. But we're gonna we're gonna say they did. But NSYNC was hot back then too. Yeah. But that right there was a game changer, and that changed everything. And Sorry. that also um was around the time um when we you know kind of stopped doing shows on campus. And we had to take it to the Coliseum because it just grew. I think Biggie was the last show that we did in Corbett uh, Sports Center. And that show almost didn't happen um, or whatever. But, you know, we, we we made a way on that one. So, Again, guys, whatever you said, Tampa, about North Carolina A&T. <laughs> coming on. Yeah, I'll talk about that one. G-Hope, yes. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Man, I mean, A&T, man, it's, we done did so many people at A&T. It's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, I can't even begin to name some of the names there. I mean, we did stuff outside of AT, but like I say, that to me, AT is just like a family affair. I mean, to me, I mean, I, I love my Aggies. I mean, we used to do a lot for the one same state. I mean, you know, Fayetteville, we do North Carolina Central. Uh, we've done Elizabeth City. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, different schools. I don't even want to try to name all of them because I'm going to forget somebody. So, 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 I, I, I just want to go back. I just want to go back and just to kind of clarify something that I heard okay. you say. Okay, artists, when you are trying to negotiate a price for somebody to bring you in, uh -huh. you just cannot raise your price just because you got to pay your rent that month. No, right? it, yeah, that's something needs to happen in the market that you have a justification. Either you have a hit record, you own a yeah. hit record. Oh yeah. You have to have a justification for charging what you're charging. You just can't charge because you need money and your card payment. 
Yeah, but see, that's all part of of negotiating. Uh, and then people have to realize just because an agent comes back with such and such fee, uh, it still has to make sense. So, you know, if it makes sense, if it don't make sense, it won't make sense. See, you know, S-E-N-S-E and C-E-N-T-S. So, I mean, it, it just depends on, on what's happening. And then you have some, um, you know, that get desperate. And they'll call you and say, you know, I'll take what you get. I mean, it's been some time. Yeah, you have some to tell you, I'll take what you give me. You have some to say, just put me on because they know the people are going to be there. You know, just put me on. We'll come for free. Or just pay for our travel. You know, we'll be there. You have some of those. It don't happen often. But like I said, you you have, you know, you have some that'll come on there and, and rock with you, you know, and don't charge nothing. I remember one year we did uh, Kendrick Lamar. And uh, J. Cole, uh, DJ, hit me up, said they was in town. They wanted to come to the show. Is it okay if we come? I'm like, yeah. Like, man, like, really? Yeah, this is J. Cole. Yeah, y'all, you know, come do what you do. Long story short, J. Cole ends up coming. Kendrick Lamar's on stage performing. Did not know J. Cole was there. Uh, once he found out J. Cole was there, of course, he wanted him to come out. And... He wanted to do a song with him, and the song that he wanted to do hadn't been released yet. So the DJ had to download it as he was talking or whatever. He came out, and J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, that was like a real big moment in hip hop. Rock the stage together. Hey, J. Cole, a dime. He just came, just wanted to be on there and rock. Stuff like that don't happen all the time. You know, that ain't going to happen free. But when you have somebody that's passionate like that and love what they do and love the music, because this song that probably would have been backstage trying to negotiate some money, see how much cash they can get, you know, to make an appearance or, or, or do something like that. But you have some people that love their craft. And and the most people who love their craft like that are people who's probably been the most successful at it. And J. Cole, he's probably, when you look at people like J. Cole, J. Cole is, he could sell more tickets than Jay-Z now. I mean, because he's that dude. And I feel like when you a leader, leader are supposed to produce other leaders. So when I look at Jay-Z and what he did with J. Cole, that's how it's supposed to be. When I look at Lil Wayne and you look at what he did with Drake and look at what he did with Nicki, Drake and Nicki will sell more tickets than Lil Wayne. You know, whereas yeah. in years ago, it would, Wayne would have to be the closer. Now he would have to be the open act for them because they, you know, you know, they they bigger acts now, but that's the way it's supposed. Leaders are supposed to produce other leaders, and that's pretty much how we do fuzz in our organization. Even fuzz with, with Diamond Life, I mean, it's produced other leaders where other people go out, you know, and they do they do the other thing. I mean, iron sharpens iron. Right. So Danny Danny Ray had a question. He said, "Were there or are there any venues that are always and that are a, that are always a challenge to put on?" A successful event. Small ones. A small event. Small talk about, and, and just talk about a little bit of why why it's challenging. And the reason why small venues I was like, is it fire cold or what's the what's the, what's the challenge? No, small venues are gonna be harder because now you're gonna put the, that pressure on, on your your pricing and your sales. Uh, versus if you got a larger venue where you can make a very competitive uh, type of price and and offer, you know, for us. so 
if you bring it in a certain artist that's you know maybe a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand. I mean, yeah, you you charging, you know, maybe one hundred twenty five, hundred thirty five dollars a ticket, and that's that can be expensive to some people. I mean, not everybody, but you know, some people it can be. But even when you do events and smaller venues, you know, you're gonna have your high end tickets. High end tickets are for those real fans. You know, those real fans are just gonna buy that ticket no matter what or whatever. And then you got that mid-range uh ticket for those that that you know I ain't sure if I'm, I'm gonna go or not, but I wanna go, but I just wanna make sure I at least got a good seat. And then you got that low-end ticket because you got to have those as you know, the ones that don't want to, they want to go, but I don't want to pay that much to go. But I want to be in the house. You know, they don't really care for us what, what the seating is. Um, but now in this era, it's, it's difficult because we have um, a lot of uh, ticket scalpers. So a lot of times you see shows that go on sale at 10 a.m., then by 10, 15, it's already sold out. And, you know, people wondering, you know, what's going on. But anytime you see those Citibank Visa as the logo, mm -hmm. That's a dead giveaway. Those tickets finna be, you know, finna be gone and, and scap real bad. But these third-party ticket places, they not going nowhere. I mean, sadly, they're here to stay. Um, I I don't like them at all, but you know, you know, people out here gonna get their money. If it's a high-end show and they know it's gonna sell, I mean, those it's like you know, uh Yeezys. They retail for two twenty. But you don't spend four, five hundred dollars to get them because the reseller is gonna go out there and get them and you know get their money. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. them up. That's that's the way it goes with the tickets. I remember Justin Bieber did a concert and they did uh, what's called a blind ticket. And basically, with the blind ticket, you pretty much paid uh, for your ticket with your credit or debit card, and you didn't get no paper ticket. It was just on your phone. So they just took your phone and, and scanned your phone, you know, or whatever. So, I mean, that's something I think I like it, but you know, I don't. I don't think a lot of people gonna, you know, go that go that route though. Yeah. Go ahead, Ron. Go ahead, Ron. Uh, Mary wants to know: um, Do you mentor anybody looking to go into the um, promotion business? Yes, I I, I do, but. Um, hold on. The problem with mentoring people, it's got to be somebody that wants to learn. That's the, that's the first thing you got to do is want to learn. And then it's got to be uh, somebody, you know, that want to put the work in. I mean, you got to remember that I've been doing it for decades, but you have, I have I've had somebody come in on one show and you think you're supposed to make or get what I'm getting. I mean, really, it don't it don't work like that at all. Um, I've I've had uh, promos that I've done with the radio station where people got to um, win a a chance for us to you know you know be with me as far as like an intern and stuff like that. Uh, things like that. I because I love to teach people, but like I said, you have to be able to be teachable. Then, like I said, you can't have that groupy mentality. And some of them, you know, swear it down, I'm not going to do this and do that. But then when you see this person and they right there, you know, that whole thing just, just changed. Um, but I, I have and and that's just, I have to be careful about doing that uh, because of who's around me. And I'm like right up and close and personal, you know, with certain people. 
So I can't have three and four people, you know, around me at a time. So I'm I'm real careful about doing it. But yeah, I, I do. I do. Yeah, she said microwave mentality. I agree. They definitely have a microwave mentality. And it's a crock pot business. It's a crock pot, you know. And the crock pot take a while to get hot, but it stays hot a long time. So I mean, yeah, if you you do it the right way, yeah, it'll work. So man, I, and we, as we get ready to wrap up here, man, uh, I want to first of all, I want to tell you thank you, man, for coming to the show. But before we let you go, we always play this game. Oh man, you're gonna love this game, bro. Called ten. <laughs> ten, okay. Now I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna make ten statements, either or. You gotta say what first come to your mind. There's no right or no wrong answer. Okay. It's just your answer. Right. And you can't sit there and think about it. You gotta answer. You gotta put yourself. You gotta put the answer out there. That first, the first thing pop in your head, you gotta let it rip. You sure you wanna do that with me? Yeah, I'm sure I wanna let you do it. All right. There's go. no, there's no right or wrong answer. You just be drawn. Go All right. let's, let's let's do it. Ice Cube or John Singleton? Ice Cube. Power or Empire? You said power empire? Power, the power of the TV show or empire. Oh man, power. That's easy. Nike <laughs> or Adidas? Adidas. All in the name of love, or love don't need no name. Love don't need no name. 120 million with five years to live, or 75,000 with 20 years to live? 75,000 with 20 years. And I, Pop- yeah, go ahead. I know somebody can like, well, <laughs> five thousand a week. Yeah. A college education or trade school? Trade school. Malcolm X or Martin Luther King? Malcolm X. Xbox One or PS4? Xbox. Grand Theft Auto or NBA 2K20? 2K. Fried chicken or pork chop? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Chicken and pork chop. You talk about black people, man. is on the sides. <laughs> Rick, Rick, the only one I've been talking about some PS4. Nobody want to pay that stunky, that, nah, that, stunky, that fucking PS4 dog. You know, there you go. Both, and uh, Daddy talking about both of them. Both of them. Both yeah. of them. That was my answer too, boy. All right, both of them. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Xbox team whenever it, whenever it hit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I want to say to you, man, 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 I, I definitely we appreciate you, man, for coming on the show. You dropped a lot of nuggets, you dropped a lot of jewels, um, and uh, man, it's priceless. And and I and what I love, man, is I, I love you guys, man, that have a lot of knowledge. You you are the plug. You know, a lot of people, man, uh, benefit from you as well. But being humble and being down to earth, man, that's probably one of the greatest attributes. Bro. Let's, let's change that, then. Let's change. You said I was the plug. I don't say that. I tell people I'm the outlet. Okay, everybody, you the, everybody plug into you. Hey. Everybody trying to plug. Hey, I'm just saying. Plug, you said, hey. It's, it's draining me. I feel like a power strip. 
Well, Mary, well, Mary says a great show, man. We we appreciate you, man, for coming on. No and uh, and I want you, man, to hold the line. We're gonna come back here in a second, man. Okay. Put y'all backstage just for a sec. And uh, listen, don't forget, tune in Sunday for Just Life. Uh, we're gonna have a great show for you. And I want to say to you, man, if you want to, if you want to be a sponsor for it in the box, you want to be a sponsor uh, for Just Life, man, reach out to me and let me know. And uh, I thank you guys for supporting the show. And I hope you guys got something tonight. We had a comment here before I go. Great show. Hey, yeah, yes, sir, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Dan. Appreciate you, bro. Dan says, great show, man. Appreciate you, man. Glad to have you. And I want to say to you, man, God bless and good night.